Good morning, my friends. I'm Pastor Stephen Brooks. Welcome today to Morning Glory, our midweek Bible study, and I'm so glad that you are here today. Let's begin today in the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 12. We're going to talk about the treasure that God has placed on the inside of you, and the key thing to understand uh, that we're going to discuss today is that this treasure actually is hidden, and you have to dig for it. Praise God. Now, before we jump into today's message, let's pray. Heavenly Father, let your Holy Spirit flow now and illuminate the eyes of our understanding so that your word is clear to us and so that we can take it and apply it to our lives. Now, Father, we thank you for all of the wonderful benefits of walking in the light of your word. In Jesus' name we pray, and together we say, Amen. Now, before I start teaching, let me uh, pop up an image on the screen, and there is our flyer uh, for the upcoming Israel tour. The dates will be April 29th through May the 9th, 2024. Praise God. My friends, get your passports ready if you don't have one or if you need to get it renewed. And uh, uh, we have not yet opened registration. We just have a few more things to iron out. And uh, But those are the dates. And this trip uh, is going to be over the top. If you have never been to Israel before, you need to come to the Holy Land with us. And uh, you're going to have the time of your life. Praise God. All right. So put that down on your calendar and we will open registration very soon. Again, April 29th through May the 9th. Praise God. And one more announcement. Please be mindful of the upcoming Feast of Tabernacles. That's October the 1st. That is a Sunday morning. Now the feast is actually seven days, but we celebrate it primarily on Sunday, October the 1st, 2023. And on that day, we are commanded by the Lord to not come before him empty handed. So I want to encourage you to prepare your special Feast of Tabernacle offering and make sure you get that in either on that day of October 1st or uh, any time before that day will be fine. And because it is a uh, a special feast in the eyes of the Jewish people, the greatest feast, then I know you uh, often need some time to prepare that and pull that sacred offering together. Okay? So go ahead and be uh, doing that as the Lord is leading you, and let the Lord bless you, and thank you for sowing your best seed on the Feast of Tabernacles 2023. Praise God. This is a very exciting seed to sow, and I believe God is going to do miracles for His people. Okay? Now, today we are in Matthew chapter 12. Let's go to verse 35. A good man, out of the good treasure of his heart, brings forth good things, and an evil man, out of the evil treasure, brings forth evil things. So, there's treasure inside of everybody. Praise the Lord. God has hidden that treasure within the human spirit of mankind. And where your treasure is, is an amplifier or an indicator of where your allegiance is at, whether it's to God or to some other system, or maybe primarily uh, to yourself, because we live in a culture today where uh, so much of self 
is worshiped. Praise the Lord. But everybody has treasure on the inside of them. A good man out of the good treasure of his heart brings forth good things. Now, God wants those good things brought out of you. But to bring them out, you have to be able to locate them internally and see them manifested. Praise God. Matthew chapter 6. Let's go further on this today. Matthew 6, verse 19. Do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroys and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Praise God. So again, the treasure, your focus is where the indicator is pointing. The compass of your heart is pointing to where your focus and your allegiance, your attention is at. Woo! Praise God. So let's get it right and because we have to get it right to bring the treasure up. Now, I have always liked this next scripture, Proverbs chapter 25, verse 1. These also are Proverbs of Solomon, which the men of Hezekiah, king of Judah, copied. And I'm sure glad they wrote them down. It is the glory of God to conceal a matter. Now, did you ever stop to think that God conceals or hides certain things, certain truths on purpose. He hides them. Well, Pastor Stephen, why doesn't he just make it easy and leave it out in the open? There's a, there's a strategy for this. Now, again, it is the glory of God to conceal a matter, but the glory of kings is to search out a matter. Now, in Christ Jesus, we are kings and priests unto the Lord Most High. So you need to have a kingly attitude and that includes searching out matters. The glory of kings is to search out a matter. Well, Pastor Stephen, maybe we just aren't supposed to know. Well, maybe that's just an excuse <laughs> for not wanting to dig. <laughs> Praise God. So you have to have a passion to know, and that very well at times could rub up against what I would call a divine dissatisfaction where God is blessing you in a, in a certain degree, but you're picking up signals from the Holy spirit. There's more. Don't camp here. You need to keep on going. There are greater discoveries to be made so you can be happy and you can be thankful, but at the same time, you can feel dissatisfied knowing that this is, this can't be it. It's kind of like when David uh, he was hiding down south, but he hears that Saul is killed, and David grieves over that, and the nation grieves over that. And after that begins to lift, David asks the Lord, where, where can I go? Can I go back up to uh, the area, the tribal allotment of Judah? Can I go back up? And he says, if, if I can, where do I go? And the Lord spoke to him and said, Hebron. So he goes to Hebron, and his people anoint him as king there in Hebron, and he stays there for seven years and six months. But there came a time when there was a shift, 
And there came the time that David saw Jerusalem that had never been conquered before by the Israelites. And he thought, wow, that really would make a, uh, a fantastic uh, headquarters for my ministry, a headquarters for my kingdom. <laughs> so although he uh, enjoyed his time at Hebron, and Hebron is rich in uh, biblical, historical uh, sites, so many things to see there. But that was not the stopping point for David. It was Zion. It was going up to Jerusalem. And so he moved on. Praise God. We have to keep digging. There's more. You have to get, you have to get on the gold. Praise God. You, uh, until you've hit the mother load, you have not yet hit it. And so you have to keep exploring and you, can't, you have to keep digging because sometimes you're picking up in your spirit, there is something more. And what, yes, again, while we're thankful for all that God has done and is doing, you get these indicators of expansion and increase. But remember, they're concealed. They're hidden. Where? On the inside of you. It's the treasure that God has put in you. Now, what we want to do is we want to, we want to dig it up. And it begins with an inner desire that would be a stirring to search it out. Lord, what is it? What's the next thing? What's the more that you have for me? What is it that we're supposed to build upon that which we have already accomplished? Praise God. So when you're looking for treasure, whether it's diamonds, gold, or, or oil, or whatever it might be, you're basically going through uh, layers of dirt. Now, if you're going for oil, you're going uh, way down unless you're fracking, and then that's mainly horizontal and not so much vertical. But either, either way, you're going down. So you're going to be moving through the different layers of dirt. And this is very, very interesting. You know, I have said it before, and I really believe it's true, that you can never know God's full plan for your life and the really good things that he has uh, set up in motion, even before you were born. He already had it planned out. But you can never really come into that without, number one, knowing Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. And then, number two, you need to be filled with the Holy Spirit. And with that, with salvation and the infilling of the Holy Spirit, then you can get on the target. Then you can, how can we say, make the discovery of the spiritual oil that's inside of you. You know, there was an oil company about a decade ago that was going to do some exploration. And uh, for various reasons, they seemed like an attractive company and a lot of people invested in it. Uh, in the the company was publicly traded, and then they went out and they uh, drilled for a well, and uh, thought that they were going to you know strike it rich, so to speak, and it was a completely dry well. There was nothing there, and so 150 million dollars of investors' money all down the drain, so to speak. Uh, but then later, in kind of review, as people were basically saying what went wrong is that this company, even though this was like a decade ago, still uh, was not using the leading technology to, uh, you know, search for the oil. They had not even done a 3D seismic test. And when people found that out, they got really angry. 
<laughs> because like, what kind of an oil company are you? And we're supposed to be drilling for oil, and you did not use technology that is available. What, what in the world were you using? Well, they were using like a 2D technology and stuff that had been phased out, you know, a long time ago because of the new stuff. Now, even with the new stuff, it's going to suggest to you strongly where it's at. But you're never going to really know, though, until you begin to drill. But the the stronger the anointing, the infilling of the Spirit that you're walking in and your walk with God, the greater the assurance that what you're drilling for is actually down there. In other words, you're going to be on the gold. You're going to be on the oil. And there is a point for oil companies when they're drilling and they know they're on a reserve. Uh, just as that drill keeps going down and down and down, they uh, oftentimes have pre-celebrations before that drill ever breaks through into the oil itself. And a lot of times when they're getting close is when they break out <laughs> all of the appetizers and all of the snacks. And they are actually, they're kind of having a feast and a celebration while they're watching on a camera running down through that uh, borehole, uh, tracking with that drill. They're actually watching what's taking place. And the moment it punches through and the oil starts coming up, uh, they know they are in the money. But they have already done their research. And that's what you need to do too. As you begin to pray in the spirit, divine mysteries begin to get unveiled. And although you may not yet have struck the oil, you know you're on to something. You're, you're thinking, Lord, I really get stirred whenever I think about this. Lord, when I see certain type of imagery that's tracking along with that subject, why, why do I feel so stirred? Why do, I, why do I want to read about that? Why do I want to maybe watch more information about that? Praise God. That's because you're tracking on something that is treasure that God hid on the inside of you. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. A lot, a lot going through my mind right now. When, when you go through the dirt to dig for any type of treasure, even if it's a, a buried treasure chest, right? Maybe a pirate hid. Maybe the, later the pirate got killed in battle. <laughs> Never came back to get his treasure. We've all heard the stories, Oak Island and stuff like that. Um, anyhow, you're going to have to dig through dirt. Dirt represents the flesh nature. It always has in scripture. When you see things about the dirt, you're looking at the nature of, of sin or the flesh nature, the things that really tried to fight us uh, from getting into the things of God. You and I both know the flesh doesn't want anything to do with God or the ways of God. Your flesh will never, ever want to pray. Now your spirit will, but your flesh nature has not yet been redeemed. When we were saved, I mean, I, when I think back about the day I gave my life to Jesus and I was saved, it literally did feel like a 2,000-pound weight came off my shoulders. I mean, I knew I had passed from spiritual death to spiritual life. I had been, uh, as the Bible says, born again. But while I was born again, just as you were, as you called upon the name of the Lord and he saved you, uh, what was actually saved? Your spirit. Uh, you are a spirit. You have a soul and you live within your house, which is your body. And so when you're born again, it's your spirit that is recreated and, uh, you know, made new with the life of God. 
So uh, that doesn't mean, though, that your flesh is recreated. You're still in the same body. You still have the same color hair. still have the same color eyes, unless you use colored contact lenses or something like that. But you're still you. And your body, the flesh nature, which is contained in your body, has a very strong will to do its own thing. It has its interest. It has its agenda. And it often can be even diametrically opposed to what God would have you do. So that's why, because of the dirt nature of, of the flesh, that's why you need to be born again and filled with the Spirit. Praise God. Thank you, Lord Jesus. So we need to keep drilling down until we make contact with the treasure. Praise God. Drill through the dirt. Get out of the flesh, keep drilling until you get into the spirit, because you have to be in the spirit to discover it. Wow. Praise God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Now look at this in Psalm 42. Let's jump over the Psalm 42. Oh, praise God. A lot of good things to look at today. Psalm 42, verse seven, deep calls unto deep at the noise of your waterfalls. So there has to be a deep that calls unto deep the things of the Spirit of God calling out to your spirit to come into these things. So deep calls unto deep at the noise of your waterfalls. All your waves and billows have gone over me. So these are the revelations of the Spirit of God that begin to break over you, like a waterfall breaking over you. It brings joy. It brings laughter. It brings that expression of, oh, Lord, I see it now. I see it now. <laughs> and it makes you come alive. Why? That's tapping into the life of God. And that's tapping into God's plan for your life. And that's really where the highest level of living is at. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Mm -mm. Glory to God. So let the deep call unto the deep because the spirit of God knows how to get you to where you're supposed to be. He knows what to get you into, which is what God pre-planned for you. The dirt, which has to be uncovered, will try to hide all of that. You know, I, I listened to the testimony of a very well-known minister today. He talked about the time when he was a young man, didn't know God, was not saved, and he saw this truck that had a bunch of books in it. It was a product truck for a, a, a ministry. And uh, he, he didn't know about the books or anything like that, but he did, did have enough sense to understand that people were buying these books over in a, like a convention center or somewhere, so maybe there's some value to them. So this young man, who's just a teenager, decides to steal a whole bunch of these books, and I, he's just thinking, well, maybe I can sell them somehow later. So while he's stealing the books... The man who owned the books, the man who wrote the books, uh, happened to walk out to the truck, and he saw this teenager stealing the books. And the man that saw him, the man that wrote the books, was Dr. Lester Sumrall. And he spoke to that young man, and he caught him and saw him, what he was doing, and he said, young man, he said, God has put books on the inside of you, and he will raise you up to be an apostle. <laughs> that guy's that guy stealing books. 
And, but see, here's the thing. He doesn't know his destiny. Why? It's covered up with dirt. It's covered up with the flesh. It's covered up with the sin nature. So what God can do is he can call out to you, sometimes literally through a prophet. Now today, that man is an apostle. Today he, he actually wrote, uh, he wrote one book. That one book has sold over a million copies. And he's, uh, he has sold actually millions of other books as well. So that word was true. But what is that? That's deep calling unto deep. Praise God. So the Lord at times can give you that extra boost because maybe, maybe even though we're saved, maybe there hasn't been enough removal of the dirt. You know, um, uh, a dear man of God, uh, like a spiritual father to me, uh, he's getting close to 80 now, a really good man. But you know, before he was ever placed into the ministry, he had a very successful sign business in Southern California. And so he's making a lot of money and he's real happy about the success of his sign business. And he was one of the first ever to uh, come up with technology to make these like vinyl plastic type of signs that would not weather, the colors would not fade out, and they could hold up in the blistering heat of California. And so he had breakthrough technology. You could call it like proprietary technology. And he was all happy and had a bunch of business and the business was growing, had a growing staff and employees. And he was all excited and happy. And then one day, a woman, an older woman walked into his business and, uh, she said, God sent me here. So she starts talking to him because God literally did. She was driving in her car and the Lord said, I want you to drive, turn here, 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 drive, pull into this parking lot. Good. Get out, go in there and talk to that young man that's working. Tell him I'm calling him now into the ministry. <laughs> so she goes in there and says, God's calling you into the ministry and you need to follow him right now. And you know what he said? He told me what, what he said to her. He said, the only way I will ever leave this business because he was very proud of it and really enjoying it. He said, is if God bankrupts it, <laughs> she said, okay, she walks out and leaves and, uh, his business began to unravel so fast that within two weeks he had to file for bankruptcy. Wow. Well, what did he do? He stepped into uh, the ministry full time. And before you know it, his church hit a thousand members and then it went from a thousand, then it went to 3000 members and, uh, God just began to bless him. But here he was working as a believer. Yes. As a spirit filled Christian. Yes. But not filled up as much as he could have been to pick up the treasure that God had put inside of him. That treasure being that he had an international ministry. So all he's thinking is, I want to run a sign business and I want to be successful and have a good sign company. But God's thinking, that's not at all what you're supposed to do. You're supposed to touch the nations with the gospel. Praise God. So somebody had to come in there who could see through the dirt with some spiritual 3D seismic technology and say, I see the treasure in you. I know who you really are. And I, I know you think you're having the time of your life, but you're not even yet on the target. Mm, praise the Lord. Glory to God. By the way, that, that prophetess that gave him that word, uh, her husband 
was the treasurer for me when I was the chapter president of a full gospel businessmen's fellowship international chapter. So uh, he was the treasurer. She would always come along. So every time the meetings were over, uh, I would sit around and just talk to her, especially because I wanted to hear more about her stories of the times when God took her to heaven because she was a real visionary. She was a real, she was a seer. She could see into the spirit realm. And uh, even years back when Demas Shakarian, the founder of FGBMFI, I like to abbreviate, it takes so long to say the whole thing. Uh, whenever he really needed some help in uh, seeing through the dirt, he would always call upon her to minister, and she could always get that real pure, clear word of the Lord. Hallelujah. So sometimes when you can't quite get through the dirt, God can help you through others that maybe have already punched through, have already drilled through, and they can help you. You know, I was talking to a, a good man one time, a minister, who was working, uh, he was working full-time. He had his own business, but he was pastoring uh, part-time. So he would like, he he preached like what we'd call a country church, uh, you know, Sundays and Wednesdays. But outside of that, he's also working a full-time job with his business. And he told me one day, he said, Stephen, he said, I'm, a, I'm going to uh, sell my business. And then when I do, I'll finally have the money to go into the ministry full-time. And he was all happy about his plan. I said, brother, it doesn't work like that. He said, what do you mean? I said, you don't go into the ministry because you have money that somehow can support you to now do ministry stuff. You only go into the ministry through divine appointment and God setting you into that position. He said, like, well, what do you mean? I said, well, when God called me into the ministry to go into the ministry full time, he, he told me to do several things. Number one, give my two week notice. I did that. And then when I did that, all I had left on my ministry calendar were three meetings for a whole year. That's all I had was three meetings. He said, well, I would never step out like that. I said, that's why many don't because, because first of all, you have to hear from God. I did. God actually told me to do that. But then even when God did tell me now I've got to do it and I actually did it. And I found out that God uh, provided for me. And uh, many times in the beginning, a lot of that was supernatural. I mean, it would come down to the last minute and then God would somehow come through. But I stepped into it, praise the Lord. And he's like, I, I don't know if I could do that. I'd say, well, you know, just keep working where you're at and wait for that call, but continue to develop your, you know, your anointing, the gifting that God has put in you. And, uh, but you have to let that treasure come out. But when it starts to come out or you, if I, if you identify it, you have to be willing to let God, uh, pull it up out of you. Praise the Lord. And I'll talk more about that by going now to Matthew chapter 16, Matthew chapter 16. Praise the Lord. God's going to pull something out of you today. Are you ready? Mm -mm. It's now watch. It's been in there the whole time. It's been inside of you the whole time. Praise the Lord. Now, we're in Matthew chapter 16. Let's go down to verse 21. From that time, Jesus began to show to his disciples that he must go to Jerusalem and suffer many things from the elders and chief priests and scribes and be killed whoo, and be raised the third day. Wow, that's... That's unloading a lot on the uh, disciples. 
Then Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him, saying, Far be it from you, Lord, this shall not happen to you. Well, Peter has some ideas already. Uh, the truth is, all, all 12 of, the, of them did. Jesus has already told them that, you know, there'll come the time when I'm going to rule over uh, uh, all of the world, and I'll rule over uh, the world from Israel, and uh, David's going to be the king over Israel, and you each will be over, uh, one of you will each be over one of the tribes, so the 12 of you will oversee the 12 tribes, and uh, they're all very excited. So they're making plans already. They're very excited about this. And so the last thing that they want to hear is that Jesus is going to say, well, I'm going to die. Now, on the third day, though, I'm going to be raised back up. And they're just like, this is not kind of fitting our equation. Peter's thinking, wow, this is really going to be good. I'm going to be like over the tribe that I belong to. And, uh, you know, this is probably going to provide some extra income. That way I can go out and get, I could go to the bass pro shop and I could buy that bass fishing boat. I've always wanted and Then I can zip around on the sea of Galilee. I might even take John the revelator and let him do some skiing behind my boat. I'll pull him along. And Peter's got all of these plans and all of these ideas. <laughs> and he actually tells the Lord, this shall not happen to you. Watch out. Uh, when somebody is in the anointing and you don't understand it, they are in their function, but you don't understand it. And all you see is the price tag associated with what they have to pay to walk in that. And that upsets you and you want to, you want to rescue them. You want to save them. Oh, brother, you don't need to do so much fasting. Brother, you're looking mighty skinny. Uh, yes, that's what fasting does. <laughs> it makes you skinny. <laughs> oh, Pastor Stephen, you need to eat some steak and eggs. Uh, 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 look, I, I don't need anybody helping me to get pulled out of this. My flesh has given me enough trouble <laughs> as it is. <laughs> I don't need somebody to offer to take me to the buffet table to help me out. <laughs> This, Pastor Stephen, this shall not happen to you. But what do you do? You have to embrace your, your calling. You have to embrace the lane that God put you in. Now, I must admit that over 20-something years ago when Jesus appeared to me and introduced me to two angels, and I was told by the head of the church himself that those two angels are to help you during your times of prayer and fasting, I have to admit that I was more excited about the visitation than I was about the message. I was more excited that I saw Jesus and that I saw two angels and I could see them all up close. I was more excited about that than the words that were actually spoken to me. But as I got older and matured in the Lord, I was like, now, oh, oh, wait a minute. What, what did the Lord actually say? Oh, he said, I have a ministry of prayer and fasting. Well, how come he didn't give me a ministry of maybe being on the golf course and writing cookbooks about how to have the best barbecue? That's what I really would like to do. Lord, I want a calling to be a master chef, and I get to taste all the food myself. <laughs> woo, woo. Jesus, this shall not happen to you. You're going to go the easy route. We know who you are. You're, you're going to be the king, and we're not letting you have any of this dying of flesh. No, 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 Jesus. We're going to put you on the top. But you have to embrace the cross. 
if you want to get to the treasure. Now, I'm giving you a treasure map. If you follow it, you'll pull up the treasure that's on the inside of you. Praise the Lord. But he turned and said to Peter, get behind me, Satan. In other words, Peter had yielded himself to speak from a place of evil where Satan uh, it's not like grabbing Peter's vocal cords, but Satan is expressing the desires of the flesh and the lust of the world and uh, the things that the world esteems. He is speaking that through the yielded heart of Peter, and it is an absolute wrong direction. Mm -mm. He said to Peter, get behind me, Satan. You are an offense to me, for you are not mindful of the things of God. And that, that's it right there. You are not mindful of the things of God. Why? Because that's the nature of dirt. That's the, that's the nature of the sin, uh, of the sin nature. But you have, to, you have to go down past the dirt if you want to get to the treasure. Wow. The, the dirt is not the treasure. You have to get past the dirt to get to the treasure. Mm -mm. And so the dirt is the area where you are mindful about the things of God. Now, here locally in the area, we had a great man die uh, a little over a year ago. A, gr a great man. This great man told me one time, matter of fact, when I first arrived in Moravian Falls and I met him, he told me, he said that the greatest prophet, and I, and I knew who he was, this great prophet, the, the greatest prophet on the earth at that time looked at this man and said, you're supposed to be doing the exact same thing I'm doing. And uh, wh what's going on there? This great prophet who could get drilled down past the dirt, he could look through the gift of prophecy and see the treasure in this man, that this man inside of him had the treasure, had the treasure of being an internationally esteemed prophet. And so he said, you're supposed to be doing the same thing I'm doing. He goes, oh, I, I don't know if I want to do that. I don't know if I want to do that. Why? He saw all the persecution that came against that, uh, that leading prophet. Anyhow, he goes, I don't know if I want to do that. Later, not too long after that, this man told me that Jesus came to him in a vision and said, I'm calling you to be a prophet, and I want you to step into this office of the prophet. That's my plan for your life. And he, Jesus said it in so many certain words. And, you know, this man told me exactly what the Lord said. So I'm not saying it word for word, but that's basically what happened. The Lord said, I want you to come be my prophet. I'm offering this to you. I want, I want you to step into it. And I said, I said to the man, I said, well, what, what did you tell the Lord? He said, I told the Lord... Lord, I'd rather not. And the Lord said, so you're telling me you're refusing my gift. And he said, yes. And said so the Lord said, okay. And turned around and walked away. And, you know, you know dis disappeared. <laughs> Woo! Why did he do that? A couple of reasons. You want to know the, you want to know the main one? The, the main reason he wouldn't do it was because of his natural biological father, who had a lot of money and had plans for his son, that his son is going to take over this wealthy business. 
And he's not going to do something like go be a crazy preacher. He's not going to do something like go off to ministry school. Oh, no, 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 no. That's my son, and he's going to come and follow uh, me and take up this lucrative business. And that's what he did. And he took the money, and he turned his back on the Lord. And he died recently. A good man, yes, in some ways a great man. But did he ever get into what God had for him? Absolutely not. He told me he didn't. Mm. Wow. You've got time. But remember, once, once you set these things, you could set yourself on a course where some things become no longer wet cement. It begins to get hard, and you can run out of time. Through very strong decisions like that, you can run out of time. Not only run out of time, you, you've, you've already made a decision. You don't want to. Look, the treasure, I'm going to be honest with you, it'll cost you everything. Pastor Stephen, I want it, but I've got a big part of my life where I like my stuff. That will all go up in smoke if you really are serious about pulling up the real treasure. Now, if you want to stay on the surface, prospectors, gold miners, they'll tell you you can find a few nuggets up there. Maybe you can get you a good metal detector. Hmm? Walk around and find a few things on the top. Maybe dig down a foot. But if you want the really good stuff, you're going to have to really get past all the dirt, start getting down. Because it settles down. It's, it shifts. And because gold is heavier than these other, uh, you know, the dirt and these other rocks. Gold will work its way to the bottom. It's going to be at the very bottom on the, on, on the bedrock. So you got to get all the way down there. You have got to get through the dirt. Your, the dirt being your self-will. You're like, well, I'm going to do it only if it works for what I want. Mm. Now, if you can get past that, you'll find the true life of God. Mm. Wow. You could, you could have so much dirt on you that you can't even see uh, the true thing and that you would even try to correct Jesus. <laughs> That's what Peter did. He, he tried to correct Jesus who was 100% in the will of God. And Peter thinks that's ludicrous. He thinks this is crazy. Don't be surprised. They'll think the same thing about you. But if you really want the treasure, if you're willing to go all out, you can have God's best for your life. And you will, you will get the last laugh, by the way. Yes, and you, you understand that the Lord has a sense of humor. Mm, praise God. You know, in Nigeria, when Bishop uh, David Oyedipo began to teach, you know, 40 years ago on the biblical principles of prosperity, he was laughed to scorn. And then, and then, one day when he said, this ministry, we will have our own jet. Oh, oh, they laughed and mocked him to scorn. Laughed and, and mocked him to scorn because why? there's poverty everywhere. They were, as the old saying went, as poor as a church mouse. They were, they were in such poverty. But he saw the truth of it in the Bible and said, God's word will prevail and the covenant will prevail over any circumstances in any country. And he began to work to covenant principles. And he said not too long ago, he said not too long ago, he was in his car being chauffeured to the ministry hangar because he's going there to get on their ministry jet so he can take another trip to preach the gospel. And while he's on the way there to the jet, 
they go past, they drive past a bus stop, and there at the bus stop, waiting for a bus, are some of the same people 40 years earlier who criticized him and mocked him and said, oh, he'll have a jet. What an absolute fool. What an idiot. And laughed and mocked him. Now 40, now 40 years later, he's now going to his jet. He's been flying in that jet for over 20 years. Uh, you know, and the same people are still riding the bus today. Watch out. Watch out. Don't toy with your destiny. Whoa, get through the dirt and get down to the gold and don't be concerned about what other people think. Be concerned. Be mindful about the things of God. Mm -mm. You are not mindful of the things of God, but the things of men. I talked with uh, my friend, Dr. Wade Taylor, years back. You know, sometimes I'd go up and visit him there at his home in Washington, D.C. He was the founder of Pinecrest Bible College, uh, which was very different from all other Bible colleges. It was very different in the sense it was almost like a monastery. <laughs> so the whole focus was on the deeper life, not on learning Greek or Hebrew or anything like that, although there's a place for that. But the whole purpose was on, like, the deeper walk with God. Uh, so anyhow... He and I were talking one night uh, about some of these things. And, uh, you know, Wade started off uh, uh, having come out of the military with a, with a lot of knowledge in uh, the electrical field. So he had a very good electrical background. And then he started a, a business. And then that electrical business merged into telecommunications. And then uh, that started growing. And before you knew it, he was becoming very wealthy. And then... The Lord called him into ministry. And so the Lord gave him an, an option. The Lord said, at the end of your life, uh, this can either go two ways. One, you can have men say to you, well done. You have brought cable television to the tri-state area. Or you can do what I want you to do, sell this business, and come serve me. And then at the end, you can hear, well done, good and faithful servant. So um, he made up his mind. He sold the business and just poured that money uh, into the remodeling of the old building that he uh, became Bible school president over because it used to belong to the Italian Assemblies of God, and it <laughs> needed a lot of work. <laughs> so he took all the money and just poured it into the work of the Lord and then just had to trust God. But God, you know, did amazing things. But my friends, you have, to, you have to make that choice because some people think they're on the target, but they haven't drilled down deep enough to actually hit the treasure. But I'm telling you, it's already on the inside of you. And, and I'm not saying for everybody it's ministry, but I'm, I am saying it's knowing what the mind of God for your life is as compared to the flesh, which can't pick up on any of that. Thank you, Jesus. Then Jesus said to his disciples, if anyone desires to come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. For whoever desires to save his life will lose it. You know, uh, the great apostle to India, the man uh, named Sadhu Sundar Singh, he told an interesting story one time when he was uh, traveling with the stranger that he met and they are crossing one of those high mountain ranges up in the Nepal area, in the Tibet area. 
And, you know, all the mountain ranges, everything there is over 20,000 feet. So he's way up there, and they're having to cross one of these ranges. But, you know, preferably if you meet somebody on the path, you travel two by two. That way it's safer because everything's dangerous if you slip or fall. So he's traveling with a stranger, and they got into a, a snowstorm, and uh, the traveling begun, began to get very, very difficult as they continued over this a very treacherous mountain pass they found a man that had collapsed, and he was not dead. He was still alive, but barely, and obviously he was going to die if left there. And Brother, uh, uh, Brother Sundar said, we must, we must take him with us. That, that other man said, no, we can't take him because if we try to rescue him, we'll die ourselves. So we have to keep going, just leave him here. And so that man kept on walking by himself, kept on going, and uh, Brother Sundar thought, I can't just leave this man here to die. So he picked that man up and put him over his shoulder. If you look at uh, uh, Brother Sundar, he, you could tell he was a very powerful Indian man. So he picks that man up and puts him on his shoulder, although he's already laboring, remember, at altitude, about 20,000 feet, and, uh, and they don't have any of the type of clothing that we have today for like... Uh, you know, like a, no oxygen mask for anything designed for that type of altitude. So he picks that man up, puts him over his shoulder, and with each painful step, starts walking. But what happened as he's carrying this man, it caused him, now he's risking his life to do this, but carrying that extra weight and having another body over him, uh, his heat from his body, he actually starts to sweat and perspire. His heat now begins to transfer into that man's body, and that man begins to slowly revive, although he, he's so fatigued he can't move. But that heat now also begins to come back on Brother Sundar. It causes him to sweat, and he's actually staying warm while he is walking through this very frigid area. And as he labors and toils onward, he comes up to the man that had abandoned him and the other man, and now the other man has been overcome, and now he has died, and he's laying there dead. And there's, no, there's nothing that Brother Sundar could do for him. But having laid his life down to rescue somebody else actually saved him. <laughs> it actually saved both of them. But the other man who was selfish and only cared about himself ended up dying. For whoever desires to save his life will lose it. But whoever loses his life, for my sake, will find it. So if you lose your self-life, not, not the God life, but if you lose your self-life, which maybe your mother or father had all planned out for you, you're going to go this route, you, you could do this and this in life, uh, but that could all be in the flesh, really. That could all be dirt. And they have, they have never, they're not spiritual. Maybe they cannot drill down to tap into the, uh, the treasury of God. Oh, you've really got to get into the things of the Lord. Praise God. For whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. In other words, you'll find the life that God has for you. Now, I've met some people, and I've known some people over the years that I really had to pray for them because I would be like, Lord, they're missing it. Have they missed it so far that 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 plan that you have for their life could they not could they never even get back to that? And so there have been people I've prayed for. You might even be watching; could be one of you. And 
God has taken me before into the treasury rooms of certain believers that are maybe really struggling. Maybe they are even, maybe they're even backslidden. And I've prayed for people and God has actually taken me to their treasury rooms and has shown me that the plan is still intact. Matter of fact, it's like walking into, if I were to describe it, what it's like, uh, it's like if you have a, um, let's say you've, you have too much stuff in your house, you don't have enough room in your garage, so you rent one of those storage shed units, like a good one that's like um, climate controlled, and you put your stuff in there, and you pull the door down, and you lock it, and it's deadbolted, and then you come back and maybe check on it, you know, whenever you need to. Well, it's like I could pull the door up, and walk into these different rooms of different people's lives, and I could see their treasures, the treasures of who they really are, what they're really supposed to do. Now, they don't know it because they're not serving God like they should, but I could see all of this stuff, and the times I've been allowed to see it, it's like it's wrapped. It looks like saran wrap, but it's like it's like a heavenly, it's not real saran wrap, but it's kind of that's kind of how it looks like, but it's like a glistening cover over the destiny, the purpose, the plans that God has for their life. And I could see it stacked up almost like in a storage room, these things, this thing, those things. And it's, and it's all incredibly beautiful. It's usually like all like white, uh, with gold trim. It's just all phenomenal. It's, it's what God's life plan for them is. And they don't know it. But God has, has shown me it's still there for them. If they will come back and sell out to me and give me their very best and serve me, I'll, I'll lead them into that room. And they can start taking things out of that room and doing good works, doing the things I have I've planned for them to do even before I created the earth. Praise God. So what does it take? It takes a 100% surrender to the Lord to get into this. You have to drill and drill and make the discovery and then be willing to embrace the cross. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. You know, it's not easy to die to self. If you look at the time when the, the mantle was transferred from Elijah to Elisha, and they're going on that final circuit tour of the schools of the prophets that Elijah oversaw. So he's taking Elisha with him. And one of the qualifications is that Elisha has to come along. You'll notice the first stop was Gilgal. And that's very important because Gilgal has always represented the flesh. <laughs> and you, you have to deal with the flesh if you want to get into the mantle, if you want to get into the double portion, if you want to get into the walk of the spirit, if you want to get into the prophetic, you can't skip sanctification. And somebody has lied to you if they told you that you can. If they, if they have told you that you can still have God's best while living wild and loose and living free and doing your own thing, you have been, uh, you have been misinformed. Praise God. There has to be the place where you deal with Gilgal. You deal with the flesh. And what happened with Elijah, he took Elisha down step by step. Each prophetic school, each stop is a decrease in elevation. Well, this is not looking good, Pastor Stephen, in the eyes of the world. We're actually losing viewers. We're actually losing church members. Well, maybe, maybe they were blocking the glory from coming in. Maybe there are some that, that need to go where there has to be a, a cleansing before God can bring the fire in, bring the glory in, bring in the beauty in. Just let the Holy Spirit have his work. 
Praise God. Pastor Stephen, you teach messages like this. I'm afraid that God's going to call me uh, to go to Mongolia. What's wrong with that? Pastor Stephen, maybe God's going to call me to Kazakhstan. What's wrong with that? Have you ever seen the pictures of what those places look like? Kazakhstan is beautiful. It's like, it's like it makes, it, I don't, the Rocky Mountains can't even hang with that. I mean, that's some of the most beautiful places on the face of the planet. What would be wrong with God sending you there? Praise the Lord. Hmm. I had a, a, a pilot friend. He, uh, just landed, he was in Mongolia. I said, well, I said, what's it like over there? I said, uh, you know, because you, you think of the steeps and you think of the uh, yaks and you think of this and that. He said, uh, he said, Pastor Stephen is very different from what people visualize. He said, I'm in, I'm in Mongolia in one of the most modern, advanced, developed cities in the world. It would make many of our American cities look ugly. <laughs> Why? Because China has put a huge base there and has poured billions and billions of dollars into it. And there are parts of it that are very modern, very beautiful. So, hey, just be open. Be open to what, whatever God would say. And that's really what you have to be willing to do. You have to be at a place where you are willing to go anywhere, do anything that God would ask you to do. And if you're not, you can't get into the treasure. Even if you know it's there. You can't bring it forth unless you're willing to give God your entire life, a complete surrender. Mm -mm. Lift up your hands. I want to pray for you right now. <laughs> Woo, praise the Lord. I could say a lot more, but let's pray. Amen. Father, I thank you for those that are watching right now. There are some, there, there, that, that oil well drill bit has been coming down, and they're about they're about ready to strike the black gold. They're about, they're about ready to get into the treasury. Um, because they know, but maybe they're a little bit apprehensive about praying, about paying the price. But Father, did not Elijah say, you've asked a hard thing? He told his servant, you've asked a difficult thing. Father, you're a big God. We need to ask difficult things. Yes, it's challenging. But Lord, we need to ask you for things that bring you glory. We need to ask you for things that are beyond that are beyond ourselves, beyond our own ability to bring forth. Thank you, Father God. Now, Father, I pray for those right now. I pray that there would be the complete selling out, the complete surrendering to you. Father, there could be a few that are watching that in order to do this, they may even need to make a vow that, Lord, should you bring this forth, I vow to honor you in such and such a way. But, Lord, I thank you, though, they certainly wouldn't do that lightly, but there could be some, and I believe there are, that they would need to make a vow, lest they be carried away with their newfound treasure. <laughs> now, Father, we thank you that you, you, O oh God, are our treasure, your son, Jesus. All the treasures of wisdom and knowledge are hidden in him. Our whole life is in you, O oh God. So, but we thank you also for bringing up those things out of us that we are destined to manifest. Father, bless your people, strengthen your people, stabilize your people. And I pray especially that you help them to stay focused on what the treasure is. And while we rejoice in the other treasuries that others uh, manifest and discover, we rejoice with them. Father, I pray you help your people to stay focused on the treasure that you're going to bring up out of them and that many will be blessed through it. Now, Father, we give you all of the praise in Jesus' name. 
Amen. 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 If you don't know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, pray this prayer right now. Come on, get your life right with God. If you maybe used to be a Christian, you got away from the Lord, pray this prayer also. Just say, Lord Jesus, I 100% today, right now, surrender my life to you. Step into my life. Wash me with your precious blood. Save me now. Write my name in your book of life. And Jesus, step into my life and lead me and guide me from this day forward. In your name I pray. Amen and amen. Woo! Praise God. Praise the Lord. Amen. Exciting times in which we live. Now, let's take Holy Communion together because we are believers and we are instructed by God to take communion. So grab yourself some uh, unleavened bread, a little wafer, and grab yourself some grape juice, and let's pray over it. Father, we bless now the bread and the juice. We set it apart through this prayer as being holy. We thank you, Father God, that it is now blessed, and this, this is the body and the blood of Jesus. So, Father, as we receive the Lord's flesh, his body, we thank you for accurate 3D seismic uh, calculation and tabulation of where the treasure's at. We thank you, Father, we're not running after a million things. We're only running after what you have assigned us to do. We thank you for that treasure being identified in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's receive the Lord's body together. Father, thank you for the blood of Jesus. Thank you for the, for the mighty cleansing power of the blood of Jesus. Thank you, Father God. We rejoice in you. We thank you, Father, that our treasure shows where our allegiance is at, whether it's to the ideologies of the world or to what is on your heart and what matters most. Father, we thank you for staying on track and staying focused. We give you praise in Jesus' name. Let's receive together the Lord's holy blood. Woo! Divine protection and blessing. Glory to God. Mm -mm. For what profit is it to a man if he gains the whole world and loses his own soul? Hmm. Or what will a man give in exchange for his soul? There are uh, billionaires that maybe do wonderful things, but you know what? As good as those things are, and as much as the world applauds them, it could be that they hit a certain portion of their life's purpose. But without being in Christ and without being filled with the Spirit, it could be that they just did something good. Maybe they were sh smart people and they did something that contributed to humanity, but completely missed the mark. Because if you don't know Jesus, what does it matter if you gain the whole world and lose your own soul? So you want to be on the mark. You want to do what God wants you to do. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Praise God. The Holy Spirit's really moving, and the spirit of wisdom and revelation is flowing right now. So uh, just be like that spiritual oil well, and drill and drill until you hit it, and then bring it up. Pray in the Spirit. Sometimes you would need to interpret your tongues in the Spirit. Mm -hmm. 
Praise God. Praise you, Lord Jesus. God is moving right now. Again, my friends, let me uh, give you a reminder as I close that October the 1st is the Feast of Tabernacles. Ask the Holy Spirit what God would have you do concerning sowing a very special offering on the Feast of Tabernacles, October the 1st. We're going to use the giving towards the paying off of the debt on the 14.5-acre Field of Dreams where we will build our television studio. Thank you for standing with us. Thank you for partnering with us. And I'm praying for you that you strike gold, that you find treasure this week, even today. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Well, there's such an anointing. There's like a glory, like a thickness right here. Praise the Lord. Amen. So tap into what God has for you. And I'll see you back again real soon. Bye-bye.